everyone, Steve from Survivor here. We are in the middle of E3 2021, and this special little edition of the Friendly Fire Show is an interview between Survivor and Eidos Montreal's uh, Olivier Prou, who is game director, and uh, Mary Demarle, who is the senior narrative director on a little game called Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, Square Enix and Eidos Montreal have just announced this game, and we had a little bit of a sneak peek earlier on this week, uh, obviously with the chance to, to speak to these two uh, developers. Let's get straight into it. Uh, I've cut out all the bits of this group interview that weren't uh, my own interactions with the developers, uh, just, you know, to be fair to the other outlets. Uh, but everything that we experienced uh, is in my written preview, which is up on Survivor.com. So make sure to go and take a look. Without further ado, here's the interview. I guess I'm going to start with the sort of elephant in the room being Avengers. And it's, you know, obviously a completely different beast. It's a single player game. It's a multiplayer game. It's a game as a service it's a looter shooter uh and and guardians of the galaxy is a, a single player narrative story um i was just curious to the design process to get to that uh rather than something cosmic something and yeah exactly yeah um well when we when one of uh idos montreal's philosophies as a design team when we're, we're starting on games is to really immerse ourselves in in the license, uh, you know, in the material that we're dealing with and figure out what is the best player fantasy. So when we started this, of course, we did consider should this be uh, multiplayer, should this be co-op, should this be whatever. But the more we started to dive into it and the more we started to look at it, we realized that the real strength of the Guardians is the that you have this team of completely unpredictable characters who are so true to who they are but they respond to things in very foreign and un unexpected ways. And we thought, you know, I really want to hang out with these guys. And to do that, the best way to do that is we, we kind of realized that like Peter Quill is number one, he's human. So we can understand the human. Um, and number two, he is the so-called leader of the team. So what would it be like to actually have to be wrangling these people and being the leader who who has to react to the unpredictability of what they do and 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 you know you make a choice in the game because we put choice and consequence in as peter you're making choices and then you're getting reactions from these guys and you have to respond to that and you have to figure that out and once we kind of settled on that it became very obvious to us that we wanted to keep it a single player game and we wanted to focus on redefining what team gameplay is from a single player perspective. So that's kind of how our focus really started. Yeah, and, and to add to uh, what Mary said, that uh, at IDAS uh, Montreal, we, uh, we love to do uh, those single player experiences with like really strong narrative arcs and, uh, and strong characters as well. So when we had the opportunity to, uh, you know, to discuss with Marvel and approach uh, these amazing characters and this franchise, for us, it was kind of tapping into our strengths as well, and we felt really comfortable going with uh, with that approach. Now, I definitely don't mean to do a disservice to design, but if I had to boil it down, like in you know, like a little snippet, I would kind of call it like a combination of the comics and like the MCU. Um, and I'm sure there's more to that, so I'd like your 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 take on that. But I guess the other thing is because you know Square Enix and Avengers, there was a bit of backlash when Avengers was first shown, and you know like th that's that doesn't look like Chris Hemsworth. How have you kind of considered that as part of the design as well? 
Well, we were already pretty deep in our designs by then. I think we already had our designs all settled by the time that happened. And, you know, and I have to say, you know, the Avengers did a really good job at creating an original origin story for Kamala Khan. And we were looking at that at, afterwards and saying, well, that's really cool because we're creating, because Marvel basically gave us license to do this, we're creating our version and our own origin stories and our own stuff like that. So, so that was, that was um, I think, a very important part for us. Um, so, but you know, we're all making the games and we're all like sitting there with, oh, how's this going to be received? But cross your fingers and hope it works. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but Steve, that, that's, that's a, that's, you know, such like the, the reaction we get from fans when we do like focus groups or play tests, or now we're starting to talk to, uh, to, to, uh, to you guys about the game and people are like, is it the comics, is it the movies? And it's a bit of everything. It's a, like a lot of inspirations from, from all those sources. It's our own inspirations as well in our own um like artistic direction and narrative direction so it's something that you've never you've never seen these guardians before uh but for sure like things like you know the, the great tone and the humor and the banters that you that you love from the movies that's something that you know the mcu fans will recognize and of course music and music is a big part of the experience for sure and it's the case in our game I think you were I think you were pretty much hitting on this as part of like the the player choice and, and you know like branching story paths um but there was in what we were shown you know like uh rocket getting thrown across a chasm and like a, a thing on the screen almost like telltale style uh like rocket is furious for what you've just done is is that what you were speaking to just before like you know you you can affect your you, you know obviously you can put rocket in a box and, and maybe he doesn't get to be playing you know played for the next 20 minutes or something but you can also impact team cohesion with those types of choices is that is that a good way to put it or have i missed the mark um well i think that it is but we're not going like we, we call it the memory system um we're not going deep into something like a dragon age where where you know it's like how i'm handling my characters will actually cause them to have a you know reputations and and, and all that stuff we're not going that deep but we are going into you know those moments where it's like okay rocket's not going to appreciate being thrown like that and if you do it a little later in the level you're going to come upon another challenge and you may have because you pissed him off you've now he refuses to help you in in one moment. Um, it's not necessarily the lasting repercussions later on. It's kind of immediate, like his temper is. So um, it kind of stays true to the character. So that's yeah. one of the examples where it's, it's I'd call that one like a small to medium change. Yeah. So. And those little like uh, those little hints, it's just kind of uh, to tell the player like, okay, what you experienced before, here's kind of the here's the payoff to it. So it's it's it feels rewarding and uh, you know what you're getting and we saw actually like when we were playtesting the game and uh, and getting players feedback and doing roundtables uh, people like before we had that that system and people were like they were exchanging stories of how they played and then when they realized oh my god you played like lady hellbender's fortress differently than me or the rocket thing was different for you than me they were like this is amazing like i, I enjoyed the game more in retrospective than when i was actually sort of living through it so we said you know what let's let's be let's be a bit more obvious about it and, and kind of tell the players when this happens and it's 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 a fun fun way to live it i think um stupid question dan abnett was referenced in the video did he help craft the story or was he just kind of commenting on the story that you have made and sorry that yeah, it is he, a dumb question yeah 
No, it's okay. It's not at all. Um, yeah, he did not. He wasn't involved in the creation of the story or in the writing of the story, other than the fact that he wrote a lot of the comic books that we read as reference. Um, he did do something for us at the very end that is in the game that uh, I, I can't really reveal at this point. So he did at some point have it, but he was not involved in, in coming up with the story. That was the story was kind of created by myself and, and JF Dugar, creative, uh, the creative director and Casper Hartman, my, my lead writer. And then of course we have an in-team um, or in-house team of writers who, who just helped bring it all to life. The soundtrack is, is obviously an integral part of this game. It's, you know, it's it's part of the, the Cosmic Deluxe Edition, I think it was called. Um, how much work and effort has gone into kind of crafting the soundtrack to begin with? And I know it's obviously, it's not even come out yet, but we're seeing problems with things like Alan Wake, you know, years after release where soundtrack licensing issues kind of like make it so the game has to be pulled from a store. How, are you thinking about that kind of side of things as well? Or is, you know, like Marvel and Disney, you know, making some of that a little bit easier just because of the nature of, of that beast? Uh, I can, I can maybe start with uh, that, that music licensing part and Mary, maybe you can touch on like how we use it in, in story in, in the game. Yeah. Music licensing is complex, definitely. And, uh, but it was so important for us. Uh, we have 30 tracks and we have like a, wild variety of 80s tracks from like Iron Maiden to Rick Astley and yeah, Kiss and Kiss on the Block. So we have like, we went all, all across the, the, the spectrum of, uh, of good 80s songs there. But what we did, we, uh, we worked with a consultant in the, in the music business who did a lot of music licensing with uh, video games in the past. And we have a great legal team as well within Square Enix uh, Publishing and it, from like really early on the project, we work with these experts. I'm not an expert, you know, <laughs> music licensing. You need those experts to sort of guide you through that process and, uh, you know, making sure that we get those tracks. And we didn't get everything we wanted at first, but we, we still had like a good, a good amount that we were aiming for. And eventually, um, I think, you know, the tracks, the way we use them in the game, I really can, can touch on it. It really adds to that experience. Yeah, you know, on the creative side, it's like you, you have to have the, the music. And yes, you're picking songs that that will be used in, you know, very cinematic moments or or to help convey the emotions or or really kind of fit the situation really well. But at the same time, it was really important to us to make the music not just a passive thing, but actually bring it in to moments of gameplay. So um, obviously we mentioned that you can listen to all the songs you want when you're in there, but we have this, uh, I think you saw a glimpse of it in the thing. We have this thing called the huddle, which, you know, when you're in the middle of battle and things are, are you know, and you need an extra boost, Star-Lord can call the team into a huddle and basically motivate them using a speech that he has kind of use song lyrics to help him craft. And then if you go into the battle afterwards, if you were successful in motivating them, everybody gets a boost and you are playing, you're hearing the song as you finish the battle. And um, Star-Lord always gets a boost because he always motivates himself. Um, so, <laughs> but sometimes the guardians aren't as motivated as you, etc. So it's kind of a fun little aspect to it. Yeah, uh, it's just, it's funny, like a couple of days ago, of course, right now we're testing a game and we're like you were looking at it to debug and myself, sometimes I, I, of course I tested and I, I had a moment I would, I jump into a big battle. I tested the huddle and I started to have this fight to the final countdown, you know, this final countdown. I was like, Oh my God, this is, 
this is awesome. Like it works so well. So we create those moments that uh, I'm sure players will really enjoy that huddle feature. So we, we've seen, I don't know, you probably can't answer any of these questions. And I'm like, oh, I just want to know. Um, there, were, there were snippets of supporting Guardians characters kind of like thrown in there and, and, and fans will see that. I just want to know if Nova's going to be in there, but I'm sure you can't say yes or no. But I, that's, I just can't get that question out of my head. So why not? It's out there now. <laughs> well, you know, I can't, I can't reveal that stuff. I don't. It's often, you know, it's really funny because it's hard for me to talk story, even though I, I love it to death, but I hate spoiling it for anyone. So, yeah. Safe to say there'll be lots of Easter eggs and, and things that fans yes. will be able to pick oh, yeah. up. There are going to be so many go. Easter eggs in this game. But just, just in that trailer, you see Mantis. And I know like Mary always says it's, it's yes, my favorite, favorite, favorite character in the game. Uh, we have Cosmo the dog. And we have like uh, you know other characters that, that you saw in the trailer. And we have more in the game that we didn't want to reveal. We don't want to spoil it. But I think Marvel fans will be happy with, uh, with the wide range of characters. And there's some... Some moments in the game when you know you explore different areas and you'll you'll see some some Easter eggs as well. So some Marvel deep cuts is, uh, in there for uh, for our fans. Uh, that's for sure. Nice. We timed that perfectly. Yay. Basically, <laughs> I would say one last yeah. thing about it. What what's really cool about it? I think working on it all this time is, um, you know, especially having just come through a pandemic or well, not yet 100% through, but we're gonna. It's like this story is fun. It's like, it's a breath of fresh air and, and light and humor. And yet at the same time, it's dealing with really deep themes of like faith and family and loss. Um, so, and it's a story of hope at the same time. So I think just that will, will, will help add to how much fun the game is to play. It's just, it's a fun, fun thing to do, I think. At least I hope. <laughs> I agree, Mary.